Okay, Episcopeeps. It's the second Sunday of the month, which means it's the family service with the children's homily. And I'm ho-ho hoping I can get some kids up here to help me with the children's ho-ho homily. Any younger congregants want to come join me and sit crisscross applesauce here in the front? Elsie Liguori, I see you back there. Is Jamie, I'm sure your brother's around. River, you want to come, you want to come oh, hang with us? Um, his brother's no? right behind you. Oh, fantastic. George, come on. Beckett, all right. Yeah, y'all, come join me. Thank you all so much for being up here. This is one of my favorite days in the entire church calendar. Do you all know what holiday we're celebrating today? Epiphany. High five. Yes, epiphany. And what is the significance of epiphany? Anyone? So, so epiphany is the day on which we celebrate the visitation of these three mysterious wise people who come to Jesus' crib and give him three gifts. So it's the culmination of the Christmas season, which ended yesterday, And you know what? I've been thinking like this whole Christmas season, these last 12 days, about this special thing we do every year around this time of year, which is give gifts to each other. So these wise men come and bring gifts to the baby Jesus. We always exchange gifts with one another at Christmas. And I was thinking about this practice we have as human beings to give gifts to one another and also this practice we have as people of faith to give gifts from our heart back to God in return of this amazing gift of God coming to live among us, which we celebrate at Christmas. So to get us kicked off on this sermon, thinking a little bit about gift giving, I thought I would share with y'all some of the coolest gifts that I got for Christmas. Did y'all get some cool gifts for Christmas? Yeah. Yeah? I got some super cool gifts for Christmas, so I'm going to show you a couple of them. So the first one isn't technically a gift I got for Christmas, but one I bought for myself on Black Friday. <laughs> y'all did that too. So yeah, y'all probably don't quite know this yet, but like once you're in a partnered relationship and you've been living with someone for a while, you kind of get the sense that like you know what you like more than maybe your partner does. And I've realized that just like I'm not very good at picking out jewelry for my wife, Gracie, she's not exceptional about picking out ski gear. So so I bought a ton of ski gear on Black Friday, including these very fly touring shades. Yeah. And and I, I thought that even if I can't ski as well as John Long and Peppy Stiegler and Benny Wilson and all these other rock stars here. Um, And Kai Jones. And you. And Elsie Ligori. At least I can look cool on the skin track. So that's gift number one. Now, gift number two, y'all, this is every child's dream. And I'm sure you've received this very gift from either a parent or some aunts or some other loving person in your life. Can you guess what I'm going to pull out? Um, You get five? $100 bills. No, this? Oh, I wish. I so wish. You've got a generous grandma. Um, this was from my mother-in-law, two pairs of dress socks, <gasps> custom monogrammed, baby, and from my dad's wife, my stepmom, two more pairs of socks, but these, these are more adventurous socks. I promise you, when you get into your 40s, you start to appreciate socks a little bit more. It's the practical things in life, y'all. 
So the next gift I got was probably the coolest Christmas gift I've ever gotten in my entire life. PS5? No, I don't even, God, I don't even know we're up to PS5, but it was not a book. I do love books, though. This was a jersey from my brother of possibly the very best college football running back of all time, or maybe the second best behind Earl Campbell, but it is a Ricky Williams University of Texas vintage football jersey. And I guess the idea is I'll wear it next year at the national championships when Texas actually goes for its coronation. Come on, that, that, that joke didn't land with anyone. Come on, hook of horns, baby. My final present that I want to share with you is actually my very favorite, because this is something for my two-year-old daughter, Helen, whom so many of y'all know. Helen brought this home from daycare, and it's a calendar that she made with all, yeah, the duck, you like the duck, Elsie? That's a calendar that she made with her teachers of all of this finger paint art, one for every single month of the year. And I don't know why, y'all, but every time I look at it, it makes me want to cry. This is October, a little monster is made out of her hands and her fingerprints. And I think that I love this gift so much because it was something that she didn't pay any money for. She just made it as an expression of love, using her own creativity and the gifts that she has deep in her heart. And thinking about how much I love this gift brought to mind one of my favorite essays in the world by one of my favorite writers. Do y'all know what an essay is? Yeah. Yeah? You've got to write them in school. It's like you put words together into sentences and sentences together into paragraphs and paragraphs together into essays. And this this piece of the sermon might be a little bit more for the older people, but y'all hang with me, okay? So this essay is from a guy named, by a guy named Ralph Waldo Emerson, who wrote this essay in 1844, like 150 plus years ago, and it's called Gifts. And Emerson talks about the gifts we give each other, and what Emerson says is really fascinating. He says that most of our gifts are actually apologies for gifts. He says that a real gift is something that you give that comes from deep down within you that flowers from who you are individually as a unique person with your unique constellation of talents and passions and skills and desires. For example, what Emerson says is like, the poet should write a poem. If you're a farmer, you should bring some crops from the field to give as a gift. If you're a shepherd, maybe you bring a lamb. If you're a good artist, maybe you bring a piece of art. If you're someone who is really good constructing things with Legos, maybe you make a little Lego construction to bring someone. Emerson says that there are certain gifts that are always good to give. He uses the examples of flowers and fruit, I think, because they're just things that you like enjoy in the moment, and then they're gone. And I bet we could put like bath bomb, chocolate, scented candles, other like consumable stuff like that in the same category. But he says a true gift is something that you create from deep within your heart. Yeah, Elsie? You cannot eat scented candles. Elsie learned that the hard way. <laughs> but they sure do smell good. And they smell sometimes, like, to be, to be uh, fair, like something you might want to consume. 
But what Emerson said is often, if we don't take the time and the energy to create something from deep within us to give to someone else as a gift, then we just do this like thing, this like default easy thing of just participating in the commercialism all around us. We use some of our money to buy something for someone out of this kind of sense of obligation. But a real gift comes from deep down in our hearts. And when we read this story that we heard Christy read just a couple minutes ago about these magi, these wise people coming to visit Jesus, we kind of see like a beautiful example of what true gift giving looks like. How many magi came to visit Jesus? Do you all know? Three. That's a really good guess, and it's probably the right one. Actually, scholars don't know how many magi came to visit Jesus. It doesn't say in the story. We know that three gifts were given, so we kind of like make the assumption that there were three of them. But it could have been 12. But isn't this, isn't this story amazing? Like, we really don't know much about these guys who came to visit Jesus. We know they came from the Far East, and the word in Greek that we use for magi, it's the word we get like magician from and magic. So we know that these were very wise people who were so wise that they could do amazing, wonderful, magical things. But, and here we're going to get a little bit technical for a second with our biblical study, and and then we'll move on to more fun stuff. But the, the word magi, it actually describes some priests from a very old religion in a place called ancient Persia called Zoroastrianism. Can you all say Zoroastrianism? Zoroastrianism? There you go, Zoroastrianism. So Zoroastrianism was the religion of ancient Persia, which stretched from like Iran to India, far in the east. And these individuals, do you know their religion started in the year 2000 BC? When did our religion start? When did Christianity start? Like around the year zero, give or take, give or take a couple. So this religion was like twice as old as Christianity. And these wise people, they were really amazing at astronomy. Do y'all like astronomy? Do y'all know about astronomy? So astronomy is like studying the stars. And these wise people, these priests, were amazing at studying the stars to be able to tell when it was the best time to plant um, plant different seeds, when it was the best time to harvest crops. Even before microscopes or telescopes or planetarium, they could study the stars and figure out amazing things that pertain to how we live a healthy life as humans. Yeah, I'll see. That's amazing. This community that used the stars to like align their architecture within their city planning. It's amazing what people could do, what our like ancient ancestors could do. And what these what these particular wise men did, these priests, is as the earth turned on its axis, they saw a star rise in the east, in the eastern sky, and they followed that star as far as they could until it set in the west. And then when the sun rose, they stopped and rested. And then when the star rose again the next night, they followed it. And they followed that star night after night and week after week and month after month until it stopped over a barn in Bethlehem. 
And these wise people, they were waiting for someone really special to come into the world, someone to put all of life back in harmony. And I think they probably expected that person to be born in a palace or in some like really amazing, nice place. But they walk into this place under which the star stops, and it's Jesus there in a barn among the animals and the straw and the grass of the manger. And nevertheless, they recognize that this is a very special baby. And they give him these three gifts. Do you know what the gifts were? Gold, frankincense, myrrh. And each one of these had a special meaning. So gold was like a symbol of kingship. And they were recognizing that this baby was going to be king of all the world and was going to start a new chapter for all humans, a chapter where we live in a more loving and kind way. Frankincense is like incense that people used to burn in church services, and it was like symbolizing the way that our prayers rise up to God when it goes up to the roof of the sanctuary. So frankincense was this, was this recognition of the fact that this baby was God's son. And myrrh is like a resin. It's like a material that you put on the body toward the end of someone's life, when they were about to leave this life to go and be with God. And it's a symbol of the fact that things change all the time in our life. Things fade away and go away, but God always has a plan to bring new possibilities into reality for us and through us. And I think each of these wise people they saw something special in Jesus, and out of who they were, they offered him a special gift. And that's the same invitation that all of us have. You know, all of us are created different. Each of you have your own sets of gifts and things that give you joy. You might love math or you love reading. You might love um, sports or you might love art. But you can tap into those things deep within you in order to give amazing gifts to other people. And we all have this amazing ability to give gives, gifts back to God by loving one another. Because every person who lives in this world is one of God's children. And whenever we share a little bit of kindness, whenever we're nice to someone who's maybe being left out or who's feeling sad, whenever we do something good for someone else, we're actually loving God and giving God a gift. So maybe this epiphany season in the next couple weeks, we just look out for ways to spread a little love to one another and give those gifts from deep within us as a way of saying thank you to God. Sound good? All right. Amen. Okay, little Magi, you can go back to your parents now. Thanks for coming to hang. Yeah, come on up. <laughs>